I heard somebody say uh, just recently, somebody who actually uh, comes to venue and just started coming a little while ago and just uh, kind of made a formal commitment to Christ. He said he was talking to, can I get a little more mic? I'll hold it back here. He said he was talking to one of his friends who's like, why do you go to church? Like, why would somebody like you go to church? And he said, uh, this is how he described venue. He said, well, it's like going to a rock concert followed by a comedy show. <laughs> so somebody, somebody enjoys the humor. <laughs> Mostly me telling stories about how stupid I am. Um, you know, I was thinking about, about uh, something, you know, when your kids grow up, if you have kids, you want them to go to youth group. The best way to get them to youth group is for you to go to small group. And we have such an incredible youth program here for kids. And we also have kids small groups. And so it's just something that we do life together. You're gonna to find out how important uh, doing life together with Christ is corporately today. But we also have two small groups starting up right now. One is a marriage small group. So that's for married people or single people or divorced people or anybody who basically wants to learn the skills that it takes not just to get married, that's the easy part. Some people are like, we're very busy before we get married. You don't understand, you, we don't have time to work on it. Yeah. It's gonna get worse before it gets better, everybody. Um, but we have a great marriage small group starting up. We also have an incredible alpha group this morning starting up. That is like exploring faith. And so the person I'm talking to didn't really grow up in church, but even if you did, have you been able to wrestle through the questions of faith? Have you been able to ask the questions, go to the church center app and sign up for the alpha group. It's going to be incredible. I feel like some of us have not wrestled with our faith in Christ because Christ is strong enough for every one of your questions, for every one of your sins, for your past, for your future. God is greater than all of those things. And you just need to come and wrestle with your faith. It's great. We've, we, I had to wrestle with my faith and I grew up in a pastor's house, but that's just wrestle with, ask questions, and, and find out that God is who God says that he is. It's going to be good. Thanks, Sean. The title of today's sermon is called Good Plumbing, because I told the creative group uh, that it was going to be called Spiritual Habits, and they said nobody would come. <laughs> they said that sounds too boring. Nobody's going to come. Call it the Good Plumbing one, and so I did, and now I need a new creative team. The, the <laughs> Listen, if you give somebody a tour of your house, you know where you never end it? You know what the grand finale is never? And this is my toilet. You know, like, yeah, you've seen everything else, but <laughs> wait till you see this. This is called a toilet, and this is my toilet, and it works every time that I flush it. You, you never end your, your house tour with the toilet. Um, we're going to be talking about good plumbing today. Good spiritual habits are like good plumbing. You don't notice until the sewage backs up. So you want to date somebody, you want to marry somebody someday, look at the spiritual habits because one day that's all that's going to matter. If the sewage backs up, how many people know it kind of tends to take your life over? Good spiritual habits are like good plumbing. Come on, Josh, right there. Give me an amen. It's like good plumbing. You don't notice the best plumber in the world is one who never has to come to your house because everything's working just for coffee and stuff. Cause you like them. Good spiritual plumbing. What it does is the good things of God. It brings the fresh water in from the street. 
Come on. The fresh water in from the supply, the fresh things of heaven, the good things that God wants. It brings the good things into your life and pushes the bad things out to the sewer and out. And when your spiritual plumbing is blocked and there's something wrong and it backs up into your house, man, there's no better time to get good spiritual habits than right now. You already have spiritual habits. You're already watching movies that the devil produced. You already have made a deal with Darth Vader. What we have to do is take our habits that we're currently spending, feeding one of the spiritual sides in the universe. There's God and there's the devil. Well, you're already feeding one of them. Now, what we have to do is in ourselves, you got to feed the Luke Skywalker and kill Darth Vader. So you got to starve one and feed the other. You're already feeding one. And so all we have to do is take them and tweak them and get that, the good things of God in and the bad things of the world out. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. But what happens is when our spiritual plumbing isn't working, we're in the world, but, but we become of the world. And now the world starts taking us over. Well, the world was never, you were supposed to be a light at your workplace. You're supposed to be different than everybody else. And we become the same as everybody else. And, you know, God's like, no, you're supposed to be different. You're supposed to be better. There's, you're the light on a hill. I, I want to point people to you and be like, look at that. That's what you could have. That's what you could be. Um, one, of, one of my friends in, in, in Calgary in a church there, they were getting ready to open on Easter, their grand opening at Easter last year. And of course, COVID hit. And so they had renovated this building. Um, we went, spent some time with them. Uh, when we're looking at this building here that, that we've been fortunate enough to put a purchase offer in. And, um, and we're looking at spaces, how we use spaces. And the executive there said, it's probably a good thing that we didn't open because he said, we didn't know that the sewage to the street, we didn't know that there was an issue there and a blockage there. And he said, we had a sewer backup with nobody in the building. And, and we've talked in this, in this series that, when you have good habits, look, if success would hit you when you have bad habits and spiritual habits are more important than any other habits, if success hits you and you get everything that you want from God and you have bad spiritual habits, what happens is that sewer will back up and, and it gives more of the building to fall down if the foundation isn't right. Well, part of the foundation of life is getting that sewage clean. So God, whatever you might feel like in, in your life, you're waiting for something. You're just like, I'm, I'm in between this thing and that thing. I feel like I'm in a wilderness time. Like why God am I not getting what I want yet? And God's like, let's work on the plumbing. You got to put the plumbing in before you build the house. Do I need to explain how plumbing works? Because I feel like I'm missing it with this. John, you had, you had some bad plumbing issues, did you, last year? Kind of tends to take your whole life over, doesn't it? You don't notice it until it's not working. Now, you could be sitting down to the best steak meal that you ever made. But if your sewage backs up and there's the smell of sewage in that house... How many people know that sewage makes a hundred dollar steak taste like vegetables? There's something about sewage. I don't want to eat stuff that grew in the dirt. I want to eat stuff that ate stuff that grew in the dirt. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> I love vegetarians too. That's great. If that's your thing, if that's your jam. Hey, when there's a smell of sewage about you, your life is supposed to be a fragrant, pleasing smell in the sight of it. There's supposed to be something about your life that smells like Candace Raglan's bathroom. Because, man, I'll just walk past her house just to walk past her and be like, can I just, I just need to slip in your bathroom. I don't even need to do anything. I just need to use your hand soap. Because it smells, there's something about that fragrance that makes me feel good. And there's something about you at work that you need to smell like heaven. You need to, to smell like and look like Jesus. So the people, they come in, they're down, man, their lives are falling apart. And they come in and they see you. And you got all the trouble that they got. But you got something they don't. You, you smell like heaven. There's something about you. But when your 
Sewage starts backing up spiritually because you have poor habits. Well, we can clean those pipes out today. And that's what we're going to do. Hey, I was up in an attic one time running, running wires and, re and rewiring a, a, a house one time. And I heard a toilet flush, which is always awkward when you hear a toilet flush. Yeah. Right? It's always weird when you hear a toilet flush. But I hear a toilet flush. And all of a sudden, like seconds later, the whole attic starts smelling. It's like the worst sewage smell. And I'm like, what? Ugh! And I look over, and the bathroom fan, you're not going to believe this, the bathroom fan had been put in, no vapor barrier, and no vent. There's supposed to be a flex hose from the bath fan out through a vent in the roof. No hose, no nothing. Why? Hey, we cut the bath fan, and you know, nah, don't, don't go to the extra work. Just get it out of the room that you're in. Well, that's what a spiritual shortcut does. When you start taking spiritual shortcuts, you're venting it out of the room that you're in for the time being. For the time being. But sooner or later, all of that stuff, guess what, comes back into that room. All the, the, the humidity, instead of venting it out of the house, now they're venting it into the attic. You ever, seen a, you ever seen a ceiling come back into a room? I have. I walked into, we had a church building. My dad's church building. I walked in there one time and the whole ceiling had fallen in because a, a plumbing line in the attic had. Yeah. And you and I, we take spiritual shortcuts, but spiritual shortcuts, are, they're just that. They get you there real quick, but, and it's not the kind of life you want to live. I, I heard one time a friend of mine, he went into a house and the lady said, ever since we had the last electrical renovation does, it smelled like sewage in here. She's like, it's driving us crazy. We have this beautiful house that smells like sewage. And uh, so my friend went in there after this other electrician. So he'd been wiring something to maybe turn a light on over here. And she's like, yeah, this is what he did. So he starts looking at where the wire ran. And somebody had drilled through a stud. But, but if you're renovating, you can drill through a stud blind. You just got to be careful you don't hit anything. But then he went right through to the other stud and drilled through the whole thing. And ran a wire through it. Well, my buddy goes in there, opens the wall up. Guess what he had drilled through? He drilled through wood. So when you're drilling... The wood comes back out. Does everybody, do I need to back this up? Wood comes out when you're drilling through wood with a wood drill bit. <laughs> then all of a sudden, he must have drilled right through an ABS plumbing stack, sewage stack. Drilled right through it. Now all this black plastic is coming out. And roughly four inches later, had to drill through the other side of it and put a wire right through it. Well, that's what happens. You get the light turned on, sure. But then it starts stinking your house up because you drilled... You drilled blind through something, and God doesn't want you to be blind, walking around, following other blind people around. He wants you to be in the world, but not of the world. He wants you to be living according to the, the economy of heaven and the thinking of heaven. Your life needs to smell nice. Now, a great paint job in a house doesn't cover up a sewage smell. It doesn't matter. You're not going to, ladies, you're not going to walk into the house and be like, oh my, look at that archway. This is amazing. And your kids are like, like it's too, What? You're supposed to smell like heaven. Something about you is supposed to smell like heaven. Listen, the Bible says, ladies, like makeup is great. And if you need it, wear it. But all the makeup in the world doesn't cover it. Something that's wrong on the inside. All the, the Bible says, man, you got to take care of the, in, make the inside beautiful. Make the inside men, the best car on the block, the best career in town is not going to matter if you've got the smell of sin and addiction in your life. It's just not going to matter. Um, 
Candace Reglan's soap is now in my bathroom. I didn't steal it. I got it for Christmas. <laughs> just, just to be clear, I didn't go there and like steal it. Like, thank you. Yeah, no, I don't need to come back. I'm good. <laughs> there are four spiritual pillars. You ready? Four daily spiritual pillars of good spiritual plumbing. Now, this is not rocket science, but we're not building a rocket. We're building a house. <laughs> it's not rocket science. And, and but this is the very basics of spiritual, good spiritual plumbing. The first one is this, Bible reading. Everybody say, Bible reading. Bible. Turn to your neighbor and say, read your Bible. Read Bible. Say it angrier. No, I don't know why. <laughs> read your Bible. Read your Bible. I learned in high school that when I didn't read my Bible in the morning, 15 minutes, give God the first part so he can give you the rest. It's like God, giving God the first part of your paycheck. Man, if you give him the first, God's like, oh, I got the rest. You're like, well, what are you going to do with it? God's like, better than you'll do with it. Listen, you give God the first part of your day, 15 minutes. I noticed every single time in high school, I'm a patterns person. Like when something is happening, I'm thinking, why is this happening like this? Why did that happen that way again? Why did that person act that way? I'm, my entire life is built up of one question. Why? It's why I came to Christ when I was a child. Why? Why are we here? Well, you see, uh, we're here to be good. Yeah, but why? And who decides what that is? And why? I'm just too curious not to believe in God. I'm just way too curious. Like why? But why? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I realized every night that I went to bed that I left my Bible reading till later or didn't do it. Every single time my day was hard. Every single time I wasted three or four times the amount of energy in the day doing a lot less. Everything was a struggle. Why? Because the word of God, it says is living and powerful, sharper than any two edged sword. You can go to work, but you'll be more effective when you read the Bible in the morning. You can, you can try to be a good spouse or friend. Read the Bible. That's what makes you better. And it's what brings the good, clean things of God in and gets rid of the other stuff. The Bible will be like, hey, remember this stuff is bad. We're flushing this stuff. Your little ego thing, your little sulky trips, we're flushing this today, right? Come on. We're going to flush this today. Here's how you have. Be cheerful. I don't feel cheerful. Be cheerful. Well, I don't want to go to church if I'm not, if I don't feel happy. Enter his course with thanksgiving and praise. Be happy. Hey, bring the good things in. Here's who I'm not anymore. Here's who I'm becoming. The word of God. It says the washing of the water of the word. It just flushes your whole system out. Every morning I wake up, it just flushes. There's something spiritual and powerful about it. The second thing we need to do is we need to pray. This is so basic and so obvious, but you need to pray every single day. Now, some of us, the way that you pray is like, it's like my kids pray at Christmas time to baby Jesus for presents. They don't actually, but that's how you pray. You spend five minutes demanding the following items from God. God, my spouse is an idiot. Make them nice to me. <laughs> God, this God, that I demand this. I want a better car. I want this. Give me this. I want a better job. I don't like my job. Give me this, give me, give me, give me, give me, baby Jesus at Christmas time. That's not really prayer. Prayer is like a two-way communication street that um, can stay open all day. It's just like being around somebody at work all day, just keeping that communication open. You just kind of keep your ears open, but it's a two-way street. But it's like an apprentice hanging out with a master. Really, the master ought to be doing most of the talking. And sometimes we do all this talking and all this. And I think sometimes God is just like, 
if you'd stop talking, I could tell you what you don't know, which is what you're talking about. You think that I got to fix the other person. What I'm trying to do is fix you. Why don't you just do this thing next? Well, that doesn't make any sense to my very intelligent brain. And God's like, oh my goodness. Let's talk about your brain. Your brain agreed with every stupid thing you ever did. Your brain was like cheerleading you on. Like, that's a great idea. Do it, Corey. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. We have this thing in our family when we're trying to dare one of our kids into something. Do it, do it, do it, do it. You'll do it. You get enough people chanting, do it. You'll do it. You'll do anything stupid. When I was a kid, I had a paper route. 45 minutes it took me to, to ride my papers around town. In the dead of winter, 45 minutes. I made $1 a day. It was awful. I did two-thirds of the route. My brother did a third because I'm the oldest boy. We got paid the same. Because I was learning how to be a responsible older brother. And my, one of my parents had this brilliant idea. Do this for your kids. Why don't you pray through the armor of God every day? So every day I'd ride my bike out. I'd be like, I put on the belt of truth. God, I put on the belt. Let everything I say be true. Let me never believe a lie. Why do you think pastor hates lying so much? Because every morning on that horrible paper route, I'd be like, God, I put on the belt of truth today. I hate lies, God. I, I love the truth. I want to know what you think, God. I, I don't. I put on the, the breastplate of righteousness. Keeps my heart clean, God. I have my feet shot of the preparation of the gospel. Lord, this person that I'm delivering papers to doesn't know you. Um, Father, I pray for them. It's just the power of praying through that every day. The habits that were built in my life. I put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I put, take up the shield of faith so the devil can't get at me. I'm going to quench all the fiery arrows of the devil. It's a powerful thing. Those habits have stayed with me for my, my whole life. It's, it's become a powerful part of my life. C.S. Lewis said this, that the prayer, now this is where somebody needs to start. This will transform a prayer life. It'll transform your spiritual habits. The prayer that precedes every other prayer. C.S. Lewis said this, now he came to Christ, he was far from God. And he came to Christ by a tortured road and remained in Christ in spite of a tortured road. And he said, the prayer in front of every prayer that you ought to pray is this, may it be the real me who speaks and the real you God I'm speaking to. He knew, he knew, he knew, God, if left to my own devices, I'm going to put on a front and a face like I do every place else that I go. I'm a certain person at here. I'm a certain, God may just be the real me, real messed up, average, what real me speaking and the real you, God, I'm speaking to. And when I say this to church people, they're like, of course, it's the real God I'm speaking to. Is it though? Because some of y'all tell me things that God told you to do that I'm like, that God didn't write that Bible or he changed his mind or he's really stupid now. Some of the stuff you tell me, well, God told me to do this. Which God? Who are you talking to? Well, God told me that I didn't have to tell, confess sin. I was just going to be super nice and make up for it. Well, a God told you that, but which God? A holy God? The Holy Spirit doesn't make deals. You don't have anything that he needs. It's like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll be really good at all sing extra loud at church. And God's like, I got like a, a billion angels to do that. I'll sing extra loud if I don't have to tell anybody what I did. Right now, may it be powerful. Start your, start your prayer with that. God, may it be the real me who speaks because I don't trust myself. It may be the real you I speak to. I need help just even finding the real God. 
But once you have that, pray all your other prayers. It's powerful. The third thing is worship. Listen, this will help your worship. Stop trying to figure God out and just worship. Just turn the music up and stop trying to figure God out with your tiny brain. He cannot be figured out by somebody with the size of your brain. No offense. The Bible says you need to experience the depth and the height and the width of God's love. Experience the love of God fully, but don't worry about your brain. Turn the music up so loud that your brain switch goes off and the fun switch turns on. It's the same switch. I tell people that. Very logical people are like, no, it's not. Like, yes, it is because you're not fun. You just have to turn it up so that you experience the love of Christ. That's what makes you smart. Worship makes you smarter. It causes your brain to function better. There's a sense of awe and worship that somebody is out there looking out for me, taking care of me, bigger than me, better than me. Thank God. I don't know why you love me, but you love me. And here we are. Now the fourth thing, the fourth thing, this thing, those other ones are very, very basics. And if you don't do them, your house is going to fall down and your sewage is going to back up. If you don't do this thing, Canadians in 2020 COVID, which we didn't do, if you don't do this thing, the house will fall down and the sewers will back up too. Ready? Corporately, all of the above. Corporately. Not personally, corporately. There's the personal of all those other things, but then there's a corporate where we do these things with other people. Corporately. Corporately. If you don't do this corporately, the devil will isolate you from the herd and pick you apart because... You, you honestly think that you as an individual or any individual that has ever walked the face of the earth except for Jesus, do you think the devil is not stronger and smarter than any person? He was the number two in heaven. You got to church and you got your pants on backwards. And you think you're smarter and stronger than the devil. Jesus is. He says, come to the house of God because the devil's stronger and smarter than you, but he's not stronger and smarter than all of us under the blood of Christ. He can't beat the whole army. He can beat you. Any, any day that he wants to come and pick you apart, he can. So God, God is like, hey, come into the protection of the flock. Come where the shepherd is. Come on. Corporately, turn the music on in the car. Taking the kids to school. Uh, pray with a friend. Tell somebody, hey, I, I found the scripture verse. I'm going to send it to you today. I feel like God wants to. Corporately, small groups, worships. Sometimes, sometimes, I, I just get so frustrated with people because they, they think that if I don't do these things, then I'll still somehow have a good relationship with God. Well, I say, I, you know, we do Jesus on, uh, on Sundays. I'm like, right. So your wife, if, if all you did was see her in public for an hour on Sunday and you get here in the second song, so you miss it. You miss 30% of the worship service. You get here late and that's all. The only time that you saw her was in a crowd full of other people. Would she say that you're close? No, this is just an extension. This is just like the icing on the cake. This is just the party at the end of the week, you know. But it's corporate and it's powerful. Now, now this is what happened. This is what happened. This is the lie that we fell for as, a, as, as churches in our country. That staying home during COVID was safer. Paul the Apostle said, do not forsake the assembling together of believers. Do not. Now, it's like, it's safer if I stay home for myself and for people. Right now, so disobedience to the scriptures is now safer. So God will protect me more when I disobey and don't do what he tells me. Right. Then, then the next thing is, well, Paul never had to deal with the pandemic. Listen, if Paul was here during COVID, this would have been the least of his problems that he ever faced in his entire life. 
Paul the Apostle, read about his life. Five times he said from the Jews, I received 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Why? Because 40 lashes killed people. How do you think that they found that out? Give him another one. Smack dead. Same as all these guys. Stop at 39 with these. Come on. This is the world he lived in. Five times he was beaten within an inch of his life. And he said, if I don't make it to church, the devil singles me out and beats me. I get to church anyways. I get to church when they try to kill me and leave me dead on the outside of town. I still go to church. Believers gather around him. He rises up and he goes back to work. There's something about that powerful. No, it's safer to be found in the house of God. It's safer to obey Christ. Then we come under the protection of heaven. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat. Ready? A vast army from Eden is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. Jehoshaphat turns the news on and like, oh, what? This is the worst news he ever got. Anybody ever wake up to like the worst news you ever got? You wake up and it's like, and it's over. And you get that call, the diagnosis, you get... Oh, he watches one news episode, but then he does something that, that you and I don't do. He doesn't keep watching it. It says uh, they're, they're marching beyond the Dead Sea. There's something powerful here that I want to say. The Dead Sea, anybody know what that is? It's a body of water that's the lowest body of water anywhere in the world. It's 1,400 feet below sea level, which means it's got no place to flow. So the Dead Sea has backed up plumbing because everything comes in and stays there. So it's 10 times saltier than an ocean. It's called the Dead Sea because everything in it and around it is dead. Some of y'all are like the Dead Sea. You don't have the flow. You don't have the spiritual discipline. Watch where these armies come from. But Jehoshaphat's not dead. Watch this. He was terrified by this news. And he begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Now, he doesn't do what you and I do. The de- there's, there's eight steps that he takes and a few more, but there's eight steps here. One is he watched the news. One is he got the news. One is he got panicked. One is he saw the enemy. One is, and number eight on his step, his, his step program of exercise, spiritual exercise, eight is he deals with the enemy. The devil wants you to miss the six steps in the middle and just watch the news and try to fight the enemy. And then watch more news and then try to fight the enemy. If he, if he gets these six steps out, because you're going to see later in this passage, God has six things. That if you do your six things, God will do his six things. He was terrified. So then it says he begged God. That's the, the first of his steps of, of six. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. He stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in the front of the new courtyard of the temple of God. The second thing he did was he gathered people to the house of God. He gathered people to church. He watches the news. He doesn't panic. He begs God, oh God, help. Oh God, we need you. Is that what you do? Or you start freaking out and starting to fight your battles. That's not how we fight our battles. Oh God, help. And he gathers people to church. He prayed, oh Lord, you don't know how big this army is, God. You know how stupid my kids are. You don't know how, we don't have any money. God, you don't know how the city bureaucrats can't do math about parking issues right there. They just don't get it. They just can't add. And Lord, you don't even know how bad it is. That's not what he says. Watch this. Oh, Lord, God of our ancestors. Like you were, you've been here a long time. These guys are coming and this is the first time they come against me, but you've been here a long time. You alone are God. This is step four that he does. 
You alone are the God, or step three of his steps. You alone are the God who is in heaven. Come on. When you say this, the devil starts losing power. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are greater than my marriage problems. You are greater than my dick. You are greater. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Now, here's the deal. You can't say this in a battle if you don't say this in a practice. And tomorrow morning is a practice for the battle that's coming Tuesday. And you know why he did these steps? Because he did them every morning. That's the only way that you win in a game is when you can hit the shot in a practice. And I'll tell you, if you watch the news episode and you didn't have spiritual, you didn't have spiritual disciplines, that's why it landed so hard on you because then you got in the fight. Jehoshaphat's like, I do what I do every morning. I got a call on Tuesday morning, which is my sermon prep sacred time right before I'm starting. I got a call. City bureaucrats. I'm like, I want to go to war. The Holy Spirit's like, sir, man, you're here to lead and preach. Get the basics right. I went into the sermon. This is what I found. This is what I did. And we're going to get the victory in the name of Jesus. Come on. I was like, it can wait. It can wait. It can wait. He did what he did every morning. When pressure lands on you and squeezes you, what's inside already comes out. This is what came out of him. Oh, our God, his step forward. Did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to Abraham and to his descendants? I just read this in my Bible this morning. Wait, 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 wait. God, you've been here a long time. You alone are God. There's nobody. You have no rival. And didn't you give this land to Abraham and his descendants, which I am? You remind yourself of what God said. Because a lot of voices out there, you know, look, God has a wonderful plan for your life and so do a whole lot of other people. You stop like, quiet, 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 off, 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 off. Yeah. Right. That's your promises. I like those better. Your people settled here and listen, built this temple to honor your name. If a people of God will build God a house, then God comes. They said, you ready? Whenever we face We are faced with any calamity such as war, COVID, famine. You think there was no plagues in the world? This is the first one that we faced. Or famine or economic downturn. We can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Whenever we are faced with what the human race have been faced with before... My grandfather in in communist Ukraine with the white army and the red army in the doors. My grandfather came to this country and established it on the principles of Christ. And now we face this, but we have missed our spiritual disciplines because he was strong and we are not. When his dad is sitting there and the soldier comes in and says, give me those new boots. And his dad says, if you want them, come and get them. In front of his kids. There's something that God wants to build inside of you, but you got to build it before the war comes. Finally, in step eight, he recognizes that there's an enemy again. Oh, isn't it good, man? The list of priorities. Like, yeah, I'll get to you, enemy. I'll get to you. I'll get to you when I have a chance. I'll get to you, but six God things first. I'm going to do six God things. I'm going to dream six impossible God dreams before I get out of bed in the morning. And now he says, number eight. See what the armies of these guys are doing? You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. Now he starts getting all uppity. David sees Goliath and he's like, what? That's the ugliest 
biggest ugly guy I've ever seen. He's like, he's talking trash about my God. They've come to throw us out of your land, he says. Now it's not his ego. Now it's not him being a king. That's not what he's worried about. Now he's like, they come to throw us out of your land. Whoa, 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 whoa. You gave this to us as an inheritance. Or God, won't you stop them? And he says this, very powerful. We are powerless against this army. The devil's stronger than we are. I can't do anything about this thing, God. We're powerless. We don't know what to do. Some of y'all, the reason you keep losing is because you keep telling everybody that you know what to do. Jehoshaphat's like, I don't know what to do. That's the most powerful soldier in the Christ's army, man. Like, I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? All right. Okay. Go over this. Forgive your wife. I don't want to. Well, forgive her. Okay. And as the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. This, watch this, watch this. I love this part. The men stood up. Now, if you want equality and justice in the world, men, we've got to stand up. Because when we stand up, everybody else, justice comes to everybody else. I'm not saying, look, I live with five soldiers of Christ who are all women in my house. I get it. But man, they can't do what I can do. It's my job to stand up in front of my wife. It's my job to bring my family. It's my job. Come on. When the men stand up, then they'll reach their destiny too. That's what I'm doing. I'm standing up like, no, man, devil, you're going to have, if you want to walk into my home, you're going to have to go right through me to do it. Nobody want men like that? I'll tell you. The men stood up. The spirit of God came upon Jehaziel, who was a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. What you don't know is that Asaph was, read through the Psalms, and it says Psalm of Asaph. Asaph was a worshiper. They were priests in the temple. You remember last week when Jehoshaphat realized his huge mistake and he's like, give the morality of the nation to the high priest. They got to figure this out in church because we're government and we just, we get it all messed up. Figure it out here in church morality. You guys get to decide about all issues of morality and design and, and ethics. And you guys get to have the final say about that. Now God speaks through that best investment he ever made was this. And all of a sudden God speaks to a Levite who is a, one of the sons of Asaph. And he says, listen, you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Here's the Lord's six steps. You ready? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. The battle is not yours, but God's. He's like, you did your six steps. I'm taking myself in. You can stay there and fight, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the, in the heavenly places. When you beat those, then don't worry about flesh and blood. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The battle is not yours, but God's tomorrow. Then he says this, march out against them. Wait, wait, wait. I can't just stay on my, and pray from my living room. No, you actually got to go to work. You actually got to walk into the room and release the 800 pound gorilla called that thing that you screwed up yesterday. You gotta, you gotta go out against them. Here's where you'll find them. And then it says this, but you'll not even need to fight, but he, but he still says, take your positions. Number five, take your positions. Well, some of y'all, you got this democratic Christianity rolling around like, hey, you know, like my vote matters. And God's like, mm, stand here. It's what I made you for. It's where I pre prepped you for. Get under authority. Make sure that you're leading those beneath you. Make sure that you get it right. Stand where you stand. If you don't stand there, then somebody's going to shoot your buddy in the face behind you. Yeah. Protect. Stand here. This is an army. And this says, stand still and watch. The Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And then it says, after consulting the people, who do you consult? The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. 
Well, the army's not going to be like, hey, put the singers for us. These guys look tough. <laughs> no, he, who did he consult? The Levites. What do we do next, guys? Well, let's put the praisers out first. Look, the thing is done. The victory's already done. We just haven't experienced it yet. But by tomorrow at this time, like, we're going to know. Why don't we sing? A, why don't we do, get our praise dance on? Let's get it. Yeah, no, it's not. These guys are not the problem. The enemy, the work is, your boss is not the problem. I'm going to get my praise dance on. Yeah, this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Two of them ganged up on one of them, and when they had eliminated one of them, they ganged up on each other until not a single person was left. Yeah. And all the things that you spent the whole week sweating about isn't even a thing anymore. When you get your praise dance on. It says it took them three days just to collect the plunder. It took them way more to collect the plunder that God had intended for them from the fight. From a fight they didn't even fight. Then they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which God its named that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Today is going to be a Valley of Blessing day for you. And you might have come in living under a curse, or you're going to leave living under a blessing of God. It says, they all proceeded, all the men that came to the temple of the Lord. In verse 29, when all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. We're going to show you, we're going to sing a song. This is how we fight our battles. If you get your six things right and you get your praise dance on, it turns Goliath from somebody who's too big to beat into somebody that's too big to miss. Yeah. 